Hello and welcome to the What Are We Even Doing Here podcast. <laughs> My well, name is... What? It also, <laughs> it also helps that you have a little cold that you're getting over, so... Yeah. Should I do that you again? You sound different. I think I'll do it again. Hello and welcome to the What Are We Even Doing Here podcast. Podcast seeks to answer the question of what are we even doing here from a biblical perspective. My name is Daryl and I'm here with my wife, Karen. I don't like that because I never know what to say. <laughs> and I'm here to put the her in. <laughs> don't hero. we can't be copying <laughs> off of the podcast. I'm here to no. put the she in. Yeah. She you can't copy who. other podcasts, Karen. It's not. Even though, what do they say? It's the high form of flattery and just, imitation. Yeah. It's kind of hard to come up with new things. Because <laughs> there's. Nothing new under the sun. That's right. Nothing new under the sun, and we're fine with that, because a lot of the podcasts I listen to talk about the same stuff. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's why we fine. like them. But I do mix it up now and then. I just added uh, a new one I tried to put into rotations. I think it's called Life Wire. Well, let, me, hmm. let me see. It's uh, Maxwell, who's actually recommended. He was on uh, with no, Doctrine and Devotion, and he was on with... Uh, uh, the bar. He was on the bar too. Hmm. And it is called Self Wire. Sorry, not Life Wire. The Self Wire Phenomenon. So it's pretty good. It's every day he has a podcast. Wow. I don't listen to it every day. But I check out here and there. And he kind of comes at it from different angles from theology, some philosophy. He also does a lot of fitness stuff too. He had, uh, I don't know if he still has the website, Theofit. Oh, I know what you're cool. talking about now. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I don't agree with everything he says, but yeah, it's pretty pretty good, pretty educational. And actually, one that I listened to last week, he had his wife on with him. So I thought that was, <laughs> that was pretty cool. But, yeah. So, Maybe you should just have me on occasionally. No, I need you on all the time. <laughs> People don't listen for me, they listen for you. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, But uh, uh-huh. if you haven't checked out last week's episode, we had another guest on, or... Well, we've had guests on before, but uh, what first in a long time. First in 2019. Yeah, yeah. But we recorded in 2018. You don't have to say and, that. And she's uh. on for the new year. But, uh, yeah, so thank you, Katie, for coming on and talking about Rosaria Butterfield's newest book. So check out that episode as we go through the book a little bit and kind of have some spoilers in it, so... <laughs> Yeah. But you should still check out the book as well. Uh, yeah. So, we hope you enjoyed the podcast today, and we'll be... <laughs> Just kidding. I don't know how long we'll go today. We uh, want to discuss something. You you were watching yesterday uh, a webcast mm-hmm. uh, by Leighton Flowers, who is a... Uh, I think he's a professor at Southwestern Seminary. He's he's part of the Southern Baptist. I've seen him before, but I've never really listened to him. And he has a a show called uh, Soteriology 101, I believe it's called. And basically, he tries to refute Calvinism. That's the whole point of... And that's why I tuned in, because I was like, let me see. But it's good good to... (laughs) You know, know, Calvinism is a uh, theological... uh, What do I want to say? It's it's part, <laughs> no. it's part it's it's soteriology is uh, the part of theology where it's about salvation the doctrine of salvation mm-hmm. and that's uh, basically there's a couple of views there's the Calvinistic view and the Arminian view are kind of the opposite ends of the spectrum I guess and then yeah. some people fall in between somewhere but some people don't Those like... Those are the main head posts, yeah. Yeah. And then they're just given this, this name. Uh, you know, it's named after John Calvin, but he probably wouldn't even want it to be called that. But, it's, you know, it's, it's a way to look at, biblically, how the Bible breaks down how a person is saved. Uh, but we're not, we're not going to talk about that exactly today. But just uh, the, the broadcast of the show was, was Leighton Flowers, and he was talking to another evangelical pastor uh andy stanley and they were talking about calvinism and why 
they could never become Calvinists or believe the Calvinistic system. But and he was a Calvinist. He, Lane Flowers and, claims he was a Calvinist. And he said he came out of that mess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, I don't know if he said that exactly. But, but, but what we kind of want to talk about is make, making sure if you're refuting somebody that you accurately represent what they actually believe. Yeah. When, when you don't and you're, you're arguing against something they don't believe, oftentimes that's called a straw man. So you're making a man made of straw that's like not real. Like you're going to argue against something that the person actually doesn't believe. So you're, you're misrepresenting that. And then when you, when you propagate that kind of uh, language, then people who are tuning into that think that what you're arguing against is actually what the other people believe if they don't know that. So people mm-hmm. will tune into that show and think that they're arguing against actually what Calvinists believe, and it's not true. So, yeah. And you, we've come into this personally, too, like people believing this, mm-hmm. you know, what they were saying about Calvinists. And, you know, we're like, but you're misrepresenting right. what we believe. Mm-hmm. You know, so... And, and to be honest, I can see how that happens if you yeah. don't fully understand and grasp the concept correctly. Yeah, honestly, when it, when I first started listening, because like I said, it kind of grabbed my attention because Andy Stanley was going to be on talking about Calvinism. So I'm like, I got to check this out. But um, mm-hmm. I kind of felt a little convicted at the beginning because, um, not convicted, but per se. But they were talking about how you know, you should show grace when, um, you know, arguing these points mm-hmm. and, and like you said before, you should know the other side. Right. So, and I feel like we say that all the time. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm like thinking in the back of my head, well, am I misrepresenting misrepresenting what, you know, someone like Andy is right. preaching sometimes? Yeah. Cause honestly, I have not watched a lot of Andy sermons. Mm-hmm. I have not you know, right? Like he he was talking about at one point. You know, someone visited his church once, and they had an idea about it. You know, mm-hmm. and I'm like, well, I've never visited his church, <laughs> right? But you know, having said that as well, um, you know, yeah, I, no, and I, I totally understand, and I try to give. I've given him chances before. Not that not like I'm writing him off. Not kicking him out of the kingdom either. Right, right. Uh, but. When when it's not when it's if it's one time an isolated thing and if you know like he was he was saying you know I've said st- stupid things before and hey I've preached and I'm sure I've said stupid things like because I think in the heat of the moment sometimes like something just comes out like yeah if you're nervous or if you're because mm-hmm. I've not that I've ever preached right. on <laughs> obviously but I've said things to mm-hmm. other women sometimes I'm like oh my gosh that was totally wrong you know yeah. like then I try to go back and be like look this mm-hmm. isn't what I meant you know but. Right. Yeah, or you know, I've said like you, yeah, like not even in the in the pulpit, but like in discussions, saying stupid things or writing something stupid on Facebook that didn't make any sense. Yeah. But but you should if you if somebody calls you out on it and tries to correct you, and then you explain your side, but then if you don't like see what the person's actually trying to say to you and and why what you're saying isn't good, and you continue to double down and you write a book about it. Like, yeah. that's a problem. That's a, that's a problem. Like, so, in, in case you don't know, Andy Stanley is a pastor in, in the Atlanta area. And he's got a huge church network. Uh, but he keeps insisting that we have to unhitch from the Old Testament. And he's, he's trying to say, I guess he's trying to say we're not under the law anymore, which is true. But it's just the way he's presenting it and continues to present it. And, yeah. and he continues to say that the first, the, the early church... Before the New Testament was written, didn't have the Bible. Well, yeah, we didn't have the 66 books that that are in the canon now, but they had the Old Testament scriptures. And as you read the Book of Acts, you know Paul continues continually quoted from the from uh, the Old Testament. Uh, the Bereans went to the Old Testament to see if what he was saying was true, so they can, would continually go to the scriptures. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I'm misinterpreting what he's saying too, but it, it seems to me like he's always saying you don't need the Bible to right. profess your faith or to... Yeah, and then he says, you, you, you know, you don't need to believe the virgin birth. You don't need to believe that you don't, that Noah 
you know, got, got into an ark and, and the flood and part, yeah. Moses part of the Red Sea. So he's taking all these things that Jesus believed when he, you know, like... He's taking and, from the Bible saying, to explain why you don't need the Bible. Right. But he said specifically in yesterday's thing, too, or whatever. I don't even know if it was yesterday or not, but... Um, when someone asked him why he doesn't teach like deeper theologically mm-hmm. based like sermons and things, and you know he he was saying that you don't need to go deeper into the Bible. Um, you just need to. It, it it seems like he's more about life experiences. You need to yeah experience. Well, that's yeah deeper he, things. He, he, he said a slogan a few times that I guess is his church slogan. Maybe it's a mission statement. Uh, oh man, what was it? And I was, uh, follow Jesus, and you, your life would be better, and you will live life better. So Jesus will make your life better, and you will live life better. So it was something uh, like that. Oh yeah. Yeah. And uh, should we, you know, look and and see how the Apostle Paul did that? How that worked for him? Like. Or Peter, like all these guys are martyred. How about the church in China right now, where there's oh my gosh, where where there's there's churches and church members and pastors in jail right now because they're following Jesus. Just watch one of those videos of them getting like, Bibles for the first time, and they're so like yeah, because they're not allowed to have them. Yeah, and that's how important so, it is. So, what's your definition of of better? Like, and maybe maybe if we asked him and. He, and pointed that out to him. So again, we're, we're going to talk about not re- misrepresenting somebody, and we're hoping we're not. But we would also invite people to correct us if we are misrepresenting. But the right. thing is, when you're saying that stuff, you, it, it should be open and out there to be corrected and discussed. So there should be discussion. And he did go on uh, Dr. Uh, Michael Brown's show and talk about it. But still, it was still like... There's that whole like inclusive thing that goes right along with the world, like with all this these within the Christian world differences, mm-hmm. and everyone's always arguing over over everything. And then there's the whole I uh, there's the whole thought that we shouldn't argue; we should just accept each other's theological differences and not. Uh, refute them and not you know yeah it's not being graceful and loving to always call people out if you think they're wrong theologically Mm -hmm. keep squeaking oh is that what yeah uh well like yeah you i think we we should there's there's a level of in-house debate that should go on but how can, yeah, how can we grow if we never debate yeah, this so stuff? So it has to be discussed, and, and it does have to be gracefully done. And what, what was interesting is uh, uh, Andy Stanley on that show was, was talking about Al Mohler, because Al Mohler, right. he's president of uh, Southern Seminary, uh, and he has a show called The Briefing, and also a website where he blogged about these comments that Andy Stanley made before. And... I'm sure if the, if Andy wanted to talk to Al Mohler, he'd be open to talking to him. Like, yeah. It's not like he wouldn't discuss it face-to-face with him and sit down with him and say, hey, this is, you know, I called you out on this because you made these statements pub- publicly, but let's let's talk. Like, it's out there for, uh, for discussion. Like, I'm sure that those two could come together. And that, that's what should happen. We should have discussions, but we need to... And when it's one-on-one, then you can really ask the person, well, what do you mean by that? Define your terms. Right. Right. So so they they were, again, they were both Lane Flowers and Andy Stanley critiquing Calvinism. And Andy Stanley, the, almost every other comment was, well, I'm ignorant of this, or I don't know, I'm not in that world. Yeah, he did but, say that, yeah. But then he would make, like, a statement, like, mm-hmm. but I don't see how this is possible that you can believe you're you know god has determined these things or predestined these things and you can still love your children like he'd say yeah. like, like all the evil that happened in the world was part of god's plan and he said oh oh i like this he said about women calvinists he's mm. like rarely do you find um a woman who's a calvinist um 
because she's a mom and she thinks about her children like, oh no, what if my children aren't part of the elect? Um, you know, and he says that as a mom, you just wouldn't be able to accept that. So, well, and see, and that's the thing. Like, I don't go around as a Calvinist thinking, well, what if they're not the elect? Or what if, <laughs> like, yeah. what if that person's not? I don't think about it that way. God says, go preach the gospel to everyone. Mm-hmm. So I do that. Like, I don't know who the elect. I won't know until. Maybe it I'm, is like, everybody. We just don't. Oh, maybe not. Well, no. I don't think it's everyone, but <laughs> because even even non-Calvinists would say not everyone's going to be saved, you know, unless yeah. they're inclusivists or uh, uh, universalists. But like, like, n- not everybody's running around with a T-shirt that says "I'm elect, preach to me." I'm elect. Yeah, like you don't know, so right. So, and I think that's part of God's sovereign if plan. We did like know. He tells you there's elect. Like, so you you read that in the Bible, like. You know, you can't come unless the Father draws draws you. You can't come to, to me, Jesus says. And that's an act, physical drawing, and he draws through the gospel. Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. Right. At the end, he's going to separate the sheep's, sheep from the goats. We don't. He doesn't say the goats become sheep. Like, there's definitely sheep and goats. There's no goat I don't know who they before are. Before <laughs> yeah. hell, like, <laughs> you can go uh, become a sheep. Yeah. So, so to, to think like, like, like our daughter professed faith, got baptized, mm-hmm. and may that profession be a true profession. Will yeah. she slide away a little bit at times? Maybe, you know, but we have to trust we God can't. and see it's God yeah. who brings the growth. So it's not me or my convincing argument or, or getting fancy with like how we do church and like being like. Oh well, we gotta you know do, make church for for the unchurched. Like I, I, just, I hate when people take words and make them verbs or like churched. Say it hey, at the do, end of it. Like, you want to do church today? Yeah. Like, uh, but anyway, like so, like to not trust in God's sovereign will and His decree and how He says to to do church or like. Well, how you know? How about? The uh, seven churches, you know, like the series Luke just went through. There's a way that God wants you to do church. Mm-hmm. I believe so. I believe <laughs> I believe God has the right to say how he is to be worshipped. And we're going to yeah. worship him that way. And when the church gathers, it is to encourage each other to do ministry. So it's I don't believe it should be designed for the unbeliever. Is it? used to reach the unbeliever definitely because yeah. the gospel should be preached like if you're preaching a sermon and it never points to christ then i don't know like you need to point to christ in your sermon and that's the bible jesus himself said the old testament speaks of me so you can preach the old testament new testament and the preachers of jesus and that's how you're saved is through the preaching of the gospel but believers need to hear that too to be encouraged to be reminded to go out and preach the gospel, to go, to go fishing. You know, Jesus right. makes us fishers of men. It says, I will make you fishers of men. And you cast a net when you go fishing. You're not, not just out there with the rod and reel. You're casting a net. And what does Jesus say about the fish, too? He's going to separate the fish. Yeah. So there's there's good fish and there's bad fish. And even within the church, there's there's still unbelievers within the church. There's no yeah. pure church this side of heaven. But again, to get back to the point, is they they when they were discussing discussing this, they weren't accurately representing Calvinism or what a Calvinist would believe or what Reformed theology teaches. Yeah, it was it was a straw man that they were attacking. And for for somebody, Lane Flowers, who claims he was a Calvinist. Maybe he didn't truly understand it when he was in yeah. that camp. Uh, and for to bring somebody on who really is never in that camp to discuss it, the way he was discussing it is a misrepresentation. It's just not, it's just not good. If you want to check out uh, an interesting debate, Leighton Flowers versus uh, Dr. James White on Romans Nine, where oh, yeah, you'll you'll see Leighton Flowers actually not 
do an exegesis of Romans 9, and he turned to the debate into some, like, almost like a philo philosophical, like, w I can't believe God would do this or kind of thing. But, mm. it's a, but check it out if you want to see a good exegesis of Romans 9, which is, you know, a, a, a verse or a, a passage that's controversial when it comes to God's election, who is saved, and Was his that sovereignty. the one he was like, gave them each 15 minutes? Or was that someone else recently? Is this an older one? It was older. It's probably oh, okay. from Never mind. five years ago or so. Oh, okay. <laughs> but like to me, like what's the difference? Because the way Andy was describing Calvinists sounded like what people would say a hyper Calvinist was. Yeah. So w without getting like and I <laughs> too formal about what a hyper Calvinist is. Yeah. But basically, from my understanding. Um, Hyper-Calvinism is a person who believes God's sovereign. He has elected some to be saved, some some not to be saved. So let's just sit around until it happens. <laughs> yeah. Like, That's how they no, were describing yeah, so they all really, Calvinists. Right. They don't yeah. really do evangelism or, or anything like that. It's just like us four no more until, you know, God yeah. brings in the elect. Or, or they also, some uh, hyper-Calvinists, won't share the gospel unless they see signs of that the person may be elect, which hmm. I don't know what those signs would be. I guess they'd start randomly coming to church and like, oh, they must be the elect. Why? I don't know. <laughs> but, I mean, Calvinists have led evangelistic movements and missionary movements uh, yeah. for a long time. Some of your, your leading apologists are Calvinists, are Reformed. Yeah. I mean, we really, like you said before, John Calvin would not want us to be calling ourselves Calvinists. No. You know? No. Um, and he would probably, uh, if he came back and saw how we uh, were doing, anybody yeah. was doing church nowadays, he'd, oh be, he'd be burning us at the stake. <laughs> That's what uh, James White always says. He's like, ah, if I was in Calvin's Geneva today, like, no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's really just... Uh, it's just we're believing the Bible. Yeah, and the like, Arminian is going to claim the same thing too, which is fine. Then that's why we should have open discussions. It's some some and some hyper Calvinists would say that if you don't believe the doctrines of grace, that you're not saved. I would never say that because, like, I don't think there's going to be a theology test well, <laughs> at yeah. the end. I don't, but I do think we should still strive to know God because theology is knowing God well I think this whole this is all part of it you know this is all part of our growing in wisdom you know we need to just dig into these things and talk to each other and have these conversations and it's it's 100% impossible that we would all get it right like, yeah you know mm -hmm. so we might be getting it wrong mm -hmm. we I'm sure we're getting I'm sure we're getting some things wrong you know but we're still yeah learning mm -hmm. yeah and we should we should strive to get it right not for acceptance but so we would we because we would want to worship god how he wants to be worshiped we would want to know him how he wants to be known right so it's not to earn any points. Like I don't study theology and, and listen to podcasts all the time, so I can be smart. Like oh, that's and show off and, and win a debates. Lot that Calvinists like, are arrogant and some are. Like and, 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 and I see that. I could see I, that. I went I through the, the stage, uh, stage cage. <laughs> Wait, cage, cage, stage, cage, stage. <laughs> oh, tired. Cage stage. Calvinist. Where, uh, again, to reference James White, he says that's when uh, you want to just keep the Calvinists in the cage so they're not like attacking people yeah uh, so yeah both gone through that in and out it's of it sometimes like you learn, but, yeah you learn you, know, you get into oh, reformed theology you're like oh my gosh look, yeah especially when you're a newer you Christian and you get it into because, it yeah, yeah and then like you want to discuss it all the time with people like hey yeah. but then you get challenged and, and I've been challenged a lot lately you know I've been challenged yeah. by Roman Catholics like I've been looking into more into church yeah. history because that's a big Roman Catholic claim is, well, for 2,000 years, this has been the church Jesus has established, you know, read the early church fathers. And if you really take a holistic look at all the early church fathers, you're going to see they disagreed on on several things. Mm -hmm. So there's not this whole, like, 
apostolic line of like agreement throughout church history from right. from the New Testament till now. Especially if you look at Rome, there's not that agreement. Now they would argue something differently. So by what I just said, I might misrepresent what they actually believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would, you know, hopefully they would clarify that for me. But there's still differences, no no matter what. Just like I've been misrepresented, or sola scriptura has been misrepresented by someone saying, well, you still have, you know, pastors preach at your church, like, and you listen to what they say. That's not the Bible alone. Uh, and I'm like... <laughs> That's not what sola scriptura means. Like, it's not like the, the we're not we're not saying solo. If you solo. were alone with your Bible, then we'd be in trouble. Yeah, we're not saying solo scriptura, where it's just the scripture teaches everything. It, it, it's sufficient for for salvation, for faith, and and living. Like, that's just what imagine it is. if we didn't have it. Right, that's and, and what and what the what your pastor will preach is the scriptures. So if they're going outside of the scriptures, that's when we need to worry. But that's why we should always check, like the Bereans, what the pastor is saying against the scripture. What does the scripture say? What does yes. the Bible say? And that's what Sola Scriptura is. Is That's our final authority on how we are to do worship, how we are to love God, how we are to be saved. It's all in the scripture. And a, a claim they were, they were also saying, too, is, well, the first century church didn't have the Bible. Mm-hmm. And I, I kept thinking, well, who are you, Andy Stanley? Like, <laughs> but again, they had the Old Testament. So the tradition, because tradition is big in Roman Catholicism, but the, the tradition that was being passed down from the Apostle Paul, Peter, was the Old Testament. They were teaching what they were learning from Jesus, who was teaching he is the fulfillment of the Old Testament. And, and they would use the Old Testament to show... This is the Christ. This is the Messiah. Even to the Gentiles, they would still use the Old Testament. So they had a Bible. Yes, it wasn't this, the completed canon, mm-hmm. but they had a Bible. So to say, you know, that we, we read other sources other than the Bible to learn about the Bible, but it's teaching what the Bible says. Like, yeah. It's not like adding to it or, or adding a new tradition. It's expositing what the Word says. It's explaining it. Because we are, we are all different people, and we, and we all will interpret it differently. Right. And that's why God has appointed mm-hmm. certain people mm-hmm. to be able to. Right. So there's some who are teachers. It. Yeah. There's some who are given that spiritual gift. Right. So, again, I might be misrepresenting Rome, but they say there's this apostolic tradition handed down that the bishops and then the the big apostle was Peter and now Peter has he's was the the seat in Rome so that's the pontiff that's been handed down and I don't know if they would say that only the the bishops and the cardinals and the priests only they have the authority to teach but then I would say well why are they bothering me on Facebook well they have the relationship (laughs) with God like the yeah they're, they're I'm, the I'm sure I'm wrong about that. Wow. I'm sure like any any Roman Catholic can correct a Protestant and try to teach them. Yeah. But is that were they appointed to that? Like, I don't know how that all works because it's a system. Like, yeah. To me, the system, the Roman Catholic system, it looks much like the government. You know, like. Kinda, but but see to be fair, uh, some like Presbyterianism is based off of a structure mm-hmm. of like, but you it's not like but it's not like yeah but it's not like you ultimately answer to a pope type person. It's more like a government structure where there's a general session, and again out there if you're Presbyterian, I'm sure I'm misrepresenting this because I need to study more of this. But I know I'm just just basically there is a structure. Which I believe there should be a structured church government. So where Baptists, Reformed Baptists and Presbyterians differ is we see the Bible teaching a plurality eldership amongst that local church that governs. So there's a pastor and elders who are basically like the same position. Well, yeah, there shouldn't be one guy in power and nobody. Hmm? There shouldn't be just one big king in power and nobody holding him accountable. Yeah, because Paul told uh, Timothy to appoint elders Mm -hmm. in the church. 
and gave gave the uh, the uh, qualifications. You know, husband of one wife, which would be uh, a male. Yeah, a male's a husband, right? Yeah, and uh, <laughs> husband of one wife. <laughs> And then you gave wow. the qualifications for deacons, and deacons are like servants, the, who would serve the church, not like servants, like slaves, but servants who would serve the church. Uh, Deacon, get my coffee. Yeah, so so you see this plurality eldership. Um, and sometimes the word bishop is interchanged with overseer, elder. Mm. But so that's why some churches, like, like from the uh, like Anglican tradition or even Roman Catholic, have bishops. Of certain like jurisdictions, uh, but yeah, so there's different structures of church government. But as long as there is, I believe, a structure within the church that is biblical. Uh, yeah, how do we get there? <laughs> church government, but it's, it's things like that. Should, there yeah. should be in-house debates about that. So Presbyterians and Baptists can have debates about that, but. At the end of the day, and this is another misrepresentation that I was getting from the arguments from the Roman Catholic side, was, well, you have 20,000 to 30,000 denominations within Protestantism, which isn't an accurate number, for one. And plus, in most of those surveys that you see that will include over 200 denominations of Roman Catholicism. But they would deny that they have denominations. So why would they use a survey where they're misrepresented to say, hey, you have 30,000 plus 20,000 or whatever denominations when they're misrepresented in that survey? Would you think, hey, well, maybe that survey misrepresents what mm. Protestants actually believe? Yeah. Because the church is the called out people of God who, who, huh? fire trucks going by. Is it Santa? Wait, that was last year. <laughs> anyway, so so the, the the church, the called out people of God who come together, saved by the blood of Christ, by the finished work of Christ, who who can agree on what the gospel is that we are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. So it's on the finished work of Christ. So if your gospel is the same gospel, if you're saved by the same Christ who is the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity. So who Christ is is also something we agree on protestants baptist pentecostal uh non-denomination if if we agree on the the core doctrine mm-hmm. salvation christ god things like that then we are the church so we can differ on secondary issues tertiary issues like eschatology or baptism or uh other things like that uh, church like, mode of church government, so we can we can differ on that. But but God builds His church. Christ builds His church on the rock of Christ, not on the rock of a person. Uh, it's it's on built on the solid foundation. Jesus says, when you build on, you need to build on the rock. If you build on the sand, the storms come and the house falls down. But you need to build on the rock, and it's Christ who is the rock. So that's why we can have so-called denominations or non-denominations and be one church because we agree on that so that it's it's totally not accurate to to say we have all these differences because even within roman catholicism there are differences but they'll say we still answer to the pope but there's still differences not every roman catholic is a charismatic roman catholic but there are those who practice the charismatic gifts they say Mm mm-hmm you know, and then there's the different rites within Roman Catholicism. Like, there's the Eastern and the Western, and they do church differently, a little bit of liturgical differences. So there's still differences. And I'm not, I'm not saying that you have denominations. I don't want to misrepresent you there. But you would, would I'm sure, agree that there are differences within Roman Catholicism. Yeah, and you would maybe call them secondary issues or, you know, mm-hmm. not primary core issues. And that's what we would say as Protestants is these are secondary issues. They're not primary. They're not salvation issues. So we can still be one church united in one gospel in Christ. Well, that's the thing. Like God commands us to protect the gospel. Right. So we should not tolerate any other 
form of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so anything like, you add to you it. You said even, yeah, like, it should be taken out of the church if it's... Mm-hmm. Whatever. Yeah, so... So, so... There's, there's certain churches, like, so... Reformed Baptist would say you need to be baptized in water immersion mm-hmm. as a believer. Presbyterians say, well, we baptize babies as part of the covenant. We know that doesn't save them, but it's part of the covenant. So we can still fellowship and learn from each other. Mm-hmm. There's certain things that maybe each church with locally wouldn't let that other person do in their church. Maybe like I probably couldn't be an elder in a Presbyterian church because I believe uh, you have to be baptized as a uh, believer. Believe, yeah, yeah. Uh, credo baptism to get technical, uh, but that wouldn't separate me from fellowship at that church. Yeah, right. So we we go visit Kyle and Hannah at their. Mm-hmm. They go to a Presbyterian church, OPC, and uh, we love it there. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's a great <laughs> church. Uh, and probably if we went there a lot, I'd be swayed on baptism. But uh, <laughs> and that's not a, a, a hill I'm, I would die on necessarily. Baptism. I personally believe it's believers. I believe the early church were baptizing adults and not infants, and that's something that came later for certain reasons. Name uh, because really it is, is like a proclamation, right? It's like you're saying well what's tricky here is that <laughs> there's evidence that the early church taught that baptism had like was was necessary for salvation and necessary for mm-hmm. like regeneration so they would say you were born again of water and spirit when you were baptized but they would also say that they want you to profess faith so so not it wasn't like necessarily so... this magical thing that happened it was yeah. had to go along with faith so you so would still how need are to you profess as faith as an infant well, what happened was, and what I'm studying, is because there was, eventually there was a high infant mortality rate. Oh. And because they had also had that belief of uh, regeneration with baptism and washing, an actual washing away of sins, they would baptize babies because they would die earlier. Yeah. And that's, even Constantine didn't get baptized till he was on his deathbed because of, like, he wanted to make sure he was washed of all the sins up to that point. Hmm. So, like, it's interesting. It's like, also, like, yeah, so, what's going on at the time. Yeah, like, what, so there's a lot of context going and, on Yeah. within church history. It's, it's why it's a good thing for Christians to study church history. And, a, again, full-orbed, like, all the early church fathers. I just got a, an audio of uh, Clement of Rome writing to the Corinthians. And it's, it's pretty good. It's like... Hmm. He's quoting scripture like tons within it. And he actually has a section where he says, it's not by what we do, but by our faith that saves us. So it's interesting that Roman Catholics say none of the early church fathers taught faith alone. Well, they might not have said that in that way, but if you read uh, Clement's letter, he's talking about it. (laughs) He's he's sure sure as heck talking about it. So... And, and, and I'm sure that the argument back would be, well, you're not reading him in context. Read his other works, too. Um, Which, yeah, it's fair. That's, that's fair. <laughs> like, definitely fair. We should read even the early church fathers in their context and what they're saying. But he definitely didn't say it's our works that save us. And to be fair, Catholics don't say it's our works alone that save us. You do need faith, but it's mm-hmm. faith plus works. And confession. Uh, and yeah. It's, well, that's part of the works is like uh, <laughs> baptism, penance, uh, first communion, con- uh, confirmation. confirmation. Uh, what's next? And then confession here and there. Yeah, between that's the last thing I did when I was continually going to mass. Uh, but I guess they would say that it's all done in faith. They have to do it hmm. in faith. So that's faith. Uh, so I just want to read this again about the, the church, uh, just from First uh, Timothy 3.15. Let me pull it up here. I'm going to read from the elect standard version today. So Paul's writing to Timothy, uh, 
I hope to come to you soon, but I am writing these things to you so that if I delay, you may know how one ought to behave in the household of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and buttress of truth. So the argument is that the, the church is the pillar and buttress of truth. So without the church, you, you don't know God. You can't know the gospel. You can't be saved without the church. Uh, but but this, this the, the text goes on to say, okay, so it says, pillar and buttress of truth. Great indeed, we confess, is the mystery of godliness. He was manifested in the flesh, vindicated by the Spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed on in the world, taken up in glory. So that's the truth. That's what the, the church proclaims about Jesus, mm-hmm. right? The, the gospel. So that's how you know who the church is. The one who's proclaiming Christ and Christ alone. That's the church. Not teaching another tradition, adding things to it, stuff that's developed over time that wasn't mm. dogma, didn't have to be believed for salvation. That's what you had to believe. You had to believe Christ for salvation. So who is the church? Those who proclaim the gospel and agree on what the gospel is. Right. So that's that's the truth. And that's and how do we know that? Through the scriptures. That's that's the truth. We know the truth. The church knows the truth because of the scriptures. But there's no nothing over the scriptures. We're we're under the word of God. Mm-hmm. Jesus prayed in John 17, sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. So we are to be sanctified by the word of God. We we wandered all over the place today in this episode. <laughs> and we probably did what we set, set out to not do. And we probably misrepresented a bunch of people. <laughs> yeah. But if we did, then, then, then uh, we want to hear how we misrepresented anybody we did. Because we don't want to do that. And when we hear that happening to any of our views, we want it to be accurate. Like, we don't want to be misrepresented. Because it's not a good Christian thing to do. You don't want to build straw men. And it's just a waste of time. Like, And then some might feel overwhelmed because it's it, there is so much to learn. Mm-hmm. And there is so much to know about all the other religions and all the other belief systems you know so it's hard to which which is why it's even more important to have these discussions i think i I think you need to have them personally too yeah so if you facebook is a terrible place to debate because (laughs) you have the people that don't know anything and then you have people that give you so much information in a thread you don't even know where to start Right. So they think they win the debate because they've like shut you down. But it's really I don't have time to read your your <laughs> dissertation right now. Like this, we can discuss this. It's fine. Like, and also there's something to be said about uh, about a voice and inflection and yeah. you know about mm-hmm. how something's coming across. Right. So and I've invited you know a, a friend to sit down with me and talk about these things, and then he pointed out, well, you you posted this publicly. So I, I, I want to correct you on here. And that's fine. I understand that because I've said that to people before too. Like, we posted really? it publicly. <laughs> so why, why would I not correct you here? Uh, but also to, to clarify what they believe, I would want to know exactly. So sometimes when people will ask me a question on a thread, I want to know exactly what they're asking me. So I'll say, well, what do you mean by that? So I'm not answering a straw man argument because I don't yeah. I don't want to waste my time. Like, like, are you accurately representing what I believe about what you're asking of me? Right. So what do you mean? What do you mean by 20,000 denominations? What do you mean by that? <laughs> so I can answer that are question because yeah. if, you, if you mean something that I don't believe, then I'm not going to answer. Like, I don't believe that. So why should I waste my time in answering something that's not true? Right. It gets messy. Yeah. Real fast. So, so, if you don't see me on Facebook (laughs) over the next (laughs) 21 days or so, I'm taking a break. I just heard a sigh of relief. (laughs) (laughs) Good. He's he's out. 
He's off. Oh, thank goodness. But it's, I need to get. Sometimes you need to get away from social media because you get caught up in it. I get caught up in it. It distracts me from things I need to do. Really, I need to start doing my schoolwork and find more hours in the day for that. But <laughs> but maybe if I read more and study more, I can minister better. And that's ultimately why I want to study more, is to be more efficient, more effective. Not that that, I mean, the Holy Spirit auto, automatic, uh, I can't talk, I'm so tired. <laughs> the, the Holy Spirit makes what you say have effect. But we should still be diligent in our studies. So, my recommendations is, is if you're going to argue with people, listen to what they're actually saying. So you're arguing with what they're saying, not a misrepresentation, even if they're not representing their claim of belief correctly. Like, mm-hmm. so if you are arguing with, say, a Mormon, but you know about Mormonism, but they don't really know about it, ask them what they believe. And then kind of teach them, well, this is what your church actually believes. These are documents from your church. Then, then you can do it that way. But make sure that they also know that it's with gentleness and respect. And also, study what you believe as well. So you can represent yourself and your faith correctly. Right. So definitely know the scriptures, know the Bible, study what you believe there. I also believe it's important to know church history as well, because a lot of false religions that have sprung up from Christianity will claim to be the real church, the true church. So know what the church actually has taught through history and know where it has taught inaccurately, because just because, oh, it's been around for 2000 years, this belief Hmm. doesn't mean it's necessarily a biblical belief, right? Because people aren't perfect. It's ultimately the word of God, and that's again why the reformers why the reformers preached sola scriptura because we need to go back to what the word actually says. Right. I just want to end with one more verse here, and it's it's good to remember this. Um, this is First Peter three fifteen. Just still a kiss. Yeah. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> you must remember this. Uh, First Peter three fifteen. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. So, Christ has to be the Lord first in your heart. He has to be Lord of your life. You have to have your faith completely in Him. And then be prepared to give a defense when people ask you. So hopefully people are asking you why you have the hope that you do in Christ. And this is the most important part. Do it with gentleness and respect. So when you're arguing, when you're debating, do your best to let that other person know in the way you are doing it that you love them, you care about them, you want them to know Christ. You want them to have Christ as Lord in their heart as holy. So you want to also represent what they believe accurately. So do your best to find out what they believe and know what you believe and do so with gentleness and respect, not with a machine gun. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's hard if, if, if they have the machine gun. <laughs> right. Like, you know. Yeah, if they're coming at you be... with machine gun, with, with like like this whole like memes and dissertations on their... <laughs> and, memes. And proof texts. <sighs> And church history, and they're starting to sound convincing, yet yet you don't like think they actually care. They just want to win. Uh, some people might be convinced by that, but you know what? They they might be convinced to leave faith completely. And right. You don't want that either. <laughs> like, I mean, I guess that's better than being in the wrong faith, but you want them to come to Christ. So we need to represent Jesus in our apologetic, in our polemic. In our some of the memes are pretty funny though. <laughs> I enjoy so good Calvinist memes. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, well, I think it's funny up. to like, share between Calvinists, but like, to... <laughs> <laughs> but well, I learned something today, and I, and I hope you did too. 
Huh. No. <laughs> no, baby's gonna talk. <laughs> oh. All right. Well, make sure you uh, follow us on Facebook, even though I won't be on it for a couple weeks. Actually, you know what? It's gonna be uh, hard next week to not post things on Facebook. Oh, oh my gosh, this is a bad time for you. I might have to uh, actually add three days or so on at the end. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Well, does that include Instagram and Twitter? Are you just well, uh, no, singling I'm, out I'm Facebook? No, I'm just singling out or... Facebook because that's where most of my debates happen. Yeah. <laughs> and where I'd spend most of my time. Yeah. Uh, well, you still have to post the episodes. Yeah. And Twitter, I can't waste time on it because I just don't know what the heck. Like, what's going on? Like, how do I, how do I follow threads? Or what? Like, <laughs> I mean, I've seen conversations in there, but like, yeah, I'm just so used uh-huh. to Facebook. Yeah. And I did start our Instagram, so... You look for that. Instagram. Uh, what what are we underscore even doing here? Yeah. Cool. Or is it what are we even underscore are we doing even here? Underscore doing I here. I forget. <laughs> There's an underscore because what are we even doing here was taken. How dare they? I don't know. Yeah. So. That's I think the platform I am mostly on. So, Daryl has his own Instagram. I have one. With yeah. me and my daughter, because it's, we do a lot of arts and crafts. But uh, What are we even underscore doing here? Yeah. So. Cool. Yeah, so check that out. Uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. Follow us on SoundCloud. Leave a review on iTunes. Five star-ish. Uh, three and three quarter stars. And three and three quarter stars. And who did we recommend? Uh, Boo-boo. Was it Faith Wire? Is that what I call, what it's called? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Selfwire. Faithwire like, Faithwire is a is a website, I think. Yeah. That's where a lot of but, those articles come from, like. So yeah, check out uh, Selfwire Paul Maxwell. Hi. Pretty good stuff there. Uh, and always check out our friends at Sheologians, which Karen is copying off of the beginning of the podcast. <laughs> We're and here to put the sheep. Always check out the bar podcast. Mm. With the Wayne, always check out the bar. <laughs> and also our friend Katie on her, her blog. blog. Her Instagram is Instagram. Travel, travel, travel with Jesus, travel with Jesus underscore. And that's all I have to say. No nope. Oh. No, baby's gonna do our sign off. <laughs> Well, thanks for listening, and in the meantime, we pray that you will seek the kingdom of God and continue to learn what we are even...